Boys, I've been playing a couple of big games this year. Um, one of them was Phantom Liberty. So I played through all of the Cyberpunk DLC. Wow. Interesting. All of it? It, ru- it Well, okay. So I played through the whole story. Okay. There's a lot of side content that I was enjoying. And I'll get to in a minute why I haven't played as much of it as I would have. Uh, this is excellent. Um, I thoroughly recommend it. I think whether you've played Cyberpunk or not. If you've never played Cyberpunk before, if it's possible to do so, which I think it might be, I would recommend you just play Phantom Liberty. Like, I think it's better than the story of the main game. Interesting. Um, it's very interesting. There's a lot of like choices that you need to make and you have to try and work things out for yourself about how you feel about all the characters and their intentions. It's a really, really good story. I mean, there are points where, like, you are just watching Idris Elba and Keanu Reeves at the same time talking to you as the character, which is just, like, bananas. Like, at one point, like, I took a photo of a moment in the game, and I wanted to post on social media and just be, like, video games. And it's just the two of them. But I was worried that it might have been a bit of a spoiler for the game, so I didn't do it. Um, but it's excellent. It is truly excellent. And they've also improved so much of the game. Like a lot of the um, skill tree and stuff like that has been actually completely overhauled. Like when you start up the game, it's like, oh, hey, you know, that skill tree, we've deleted it. You have to do a new one. And like they give you all your points wow. back and you just reassign them to where you want to spec your character out. And it's better than before. Much, much better. In fact, I was actually using the stuff where like previously I just didn't really understand what was going on. But so that you kind of you can respec your character, and also like you can also appoint if you want to during the game. If you want to respec in a different way, you can do that. You can just like respec your your spec points, uh, like your skill points at any time, which is also cool. Uh, I really liked it. I was enjoying some of the side missions, and then I got a bit like hooked on the main story, and I wanted to go back and do the side missions. But this, the the ending of this game. at least my ending, felt so definitive for my character that I did not want to go back. Because you would be doing the kind of like Zelda thing, right? Where you're like, all right, you've restarted your save. Just just before the Just before. And so like for me, uh, I really liked where the the game left my character to the point that I... And it was a very emotionally affecting ending for me too. It's it's very good. Uh, And I was kind of like, nope. I'm good with this. I like the way the story wrapped up. I'm gonna move on to other things. Do, do you feel like it, do you feel like it wrapped up the whole story of Cyberpunk? It wraps up the story of your character in Cyberpunk. Okay. But like, it is a very big world in which they could do lots of things with. Like I feel yeah, like I... I had a satisfying conclusion to my character's story, hmm. which I was happy with. Mm, I've been thinking about like actually restarting the whole cyberpunk like don't. main. How game. much did you play through the main game? Twenty five hours. Maybe? I don't think you should do that. I, I yeah. think you should get Phantom Liberty and just go play Phantom Liberty. You will have a better time than you did with the main game. I think. Interesting. It is a well, much much like better put together story and game. I think than the original. Did you finish the main story of Cyberpunk? I did. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. And I mm. don't think it's as good as Phantom Liberty. So wow. that's why, like, okay. if any, if you listen, if you're listening to this and you you bounced off, I would recommend you just because the way you you start the Phantom Liberty story by just going to the new area and it begins the story, and then 
all of the missions, the Phantom Liberty missions, are labeled as such in the mission select screen. They're like labeled as Phantom Liberty. So you know that you're on the kind of the path. And also like the side missions, in my opinion, are just better in Phantom Liberty. So any of the side missions I was doing, I was only doing the Phantom Liberty labeled side missions. I wasn't doing the ones from the main game because I just didn't mm. find them to be compelling. But this is really good. Like I've I I was very impressed with it. Like, you know, I think it's a great turnaround for them in general. And like I see now why Phantom Liberty was in contention for people with Game of the Year. Like it's a, it was another example of like if it was the main game of last year, then it would could have won Game of the Year if all the other Game of the Years didn't exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really should check this out. I yeah. then jumped mm. into Prince of Persia and kind of bounced pretty quickly off Prince really? of Persia. Yeah, mm. I, I just don't really think it clicked with me. I it's beautiful and cool and it's it's the you know, as far as a like a Metroidvania goes, it's it is a very good one. Uh but I don't know, I just wasn't it just, I just wasn't landing with the game, to be honest. Do you play it on PC? And a Switch. Right. I wanted to play it on my Steam Deck, but it's not easy to do that. Not impossible, yeah. but not easy. It's not on Steam. But... It's only on the Epic Store, right? Uh, no, the no. you got to install the Ubisoft launcher. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. However, <laughs> you do, I mean, Ubisoft, their subscription thing is actually pretty good. You get day and date games of all Ubisoft games, which is wild. Yeah, and I, and I was able... I was able to play Prince of Persia like three days or something before it came yep. out, which is a very pretty, pretty nice thing to do. And in do, theory, if you could complete it in a month, you just got a £40 game for £15. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, like, that is a, a, an interesting idea that a lot of people are going for. But I'm into something else, boys. Oh, boy. Go for it. I saw it in the notes. Go for like it. Like a Dragon, Infinite yes. Wealth. Yes. This is the game you got. to. Yes. I've also been playing the same game. Yes. So this is my first Yakuza slash Like a Dragon game because they're not they're the same series, but they're not called Yakuza anymore. <laughs> it's it's confusing because in Japan it's always been called Ryogagatoku, which means like a dragon. Uh, and yes, then and the I West... believe <laughs> the, the name of the developer is Like a Dragon when translated. Yeah, to. it's uh, RGG Ryogagatoku Studio. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, they they only named it Yakuza in the West. Um, I, I played the original Yakuza on PS2 something right. like 16 or 17 years ago. Yeah. And so I'm quite deep mm. into this game now i'm many tens of hours i think into like a dragon i don't even know if i can describe this game <laughs> so like right now i am playing animal crossing yeah that's where yeah. i am Yes. I'm on Dondoku Island. You that's are on where, Dondoku Island. Okay. That's where I am in, in Like a Dragon. The thing about Like a Dragon, the, the whole Yakuza slash Like a Dragon series is they are uh, essentially an RPG action-y type game with a version of combat and the combat style changes. It's pretty turn-based, but with movement um, is, yes. is, the, is the style now. It's, it's been different over the years, is my understanding. Yep. But the game has always kind of lived and died on its side games. And like there are yes. so many different side games that you can do. I there's a crazy taxi inside of this game. You could do crazy mm -hmm. taxi. Uh there's so many Sega it's a Sega game. There's so many Sega references in the game, which I find yep. funny. Like they make fun of stuff. But yeah, right now I am at a part of the game where I where they have essentially created an Animal Crossing ripoff. 
Yeah. And I can choose to be doing this part for as long as I like. And I think I'm going to be on this part of the game for a while before I go back to the main story. I am having a great time. This game, I've never played anything like it. It mm-hmm. is so weird, but I am so interested in the story. And the main yes. characters, are I just don't understand these people, like these characters that it created. Like it is such a strange game. And there's also just like so many things that are hard to explain and so like one of the things that is interesting about this game is like you start in japan and then you go to hawaii and i was surprised about that because i knew this was the game in hawaii and i'm like why am i in japan and you were in japan for a long time why am i in yokohama and people (laughs) refer to me as the hero yokohama yeah so you were doing the whole japan part which is essentially the the prologue of the game for yes. many hours. <laughs> it's like, when is Hawaii happening? And then Hawaii happens. And so like you are playing as Ichiban Kasuga, who has been one of there are like there are the the, the, the series has changed who you're you're playing as, but Ichiban has you've played him before. And like I think they do a pretty good job for someone like me who has not played any of these games of like explaining the story of the people that you're running into and why this person you've just bumped into is important. Mm-hmm. This game is fantastic. I'm having a great time. The biggest test for me of this game was I took a trip for a week where I didn't play it. And that can be a death for a game for me. If I'm playing a game and I'm away from the game for a while, like this happened with Starfield, and then I don't ever want to go back. But yep. I could not wait to get back to Like a Dragon. I'm playing it on my Steam Deck. There are moments in this game where I the it my the Steam Deck is so bright I have to close my eyes because <laughs> it's like it's a HDR game right and every time you start a battle there's like this flash of light and I'm yeah. like ah every time and you're battling a lot in this game this game is great fun I'm having a wonderful time with it um, I really can't do a good job of explaining it but. I would say it's one of the most interesting and intriguing games I've maybe ever played because it is so strange. But if you like me, you've ever avoided these games. I think this one is a great jumping on point because part of the game is dealing with the cultural differences of Japan and Hawaii, which can also be helpful if you're not Japanese, right? Because like you're yeah. seeing the, the, the you are an active participant in the conflicting styles of these two cultures. And so like you can kind of maybe draw something from that from it. So yeah, this game is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So this is also the game that I've been playing. Uh, I'm not as further into the story as Mike is. Uh, I'm about to leave Japan now. Right. Um, and, and just because I've been so busy with the Vision Pro, but what you just said about like you, you were away for a week, I've been thinking about like the game still. And it's been a few days since I got my Vision Pro and I cannot wait to get back into the game. Oh, there's a whole Pokemon thing in this game, by the way. Yes. There's also that. It's called Sujimon. Uh, you catch yes. them, you fight them. It's like a hot, it's like there, this game has so many games within it and so many of them I'm never going to touch. Like they keep telling me about these things I can do and I'm like, I have no interest in doing that, but I'm happy it's out there. The thing that really struck me about this game is the main storyline and sort of uh, the, the, the theme that, that Infinite Wealth tries to develop, which is uh, at a high level, how do you 
provide a second chance to people who maybe have a not so great past like the the whole idea of Ichiban uh being this former yakuza member who wants to carry on his former boss's legacy and his idea of we need to find we need to build the structure for former yakuza people who are now thrown into society and society doesn't want them they cannot get a job they cannot live a normal life how do we rehabilitate these people so that they can live a normal life and that heart that that this game has in the main story um i think it really shines through and i found myself on so in so many different moments of the game like for example there is one scene toward the about the beginning of the game where ichi is helping this other former yakuza member uh, sort of clean himself up and and you know put together a resume so that he can get a job and at one point this former yakuza uh, member goes to ichiban and tries to bribe him by saying hey if i give you some money i guess this is what you want right you want my money so that i you know you can find me a job this is what you do you take money you know even though you're not supposed to and ichi uh, throws this money into a river nearby yep. and after a few minutes of conversation you see ichi running and jumping into the river to uh, after they had this conversation because he felt bad and he wanted to retrieve that guy's money and when ichi jumped into the river i literally screamed oh no ichi what are you doing and like there are so many heartwarming moments like that in the story and I even appreciated how the game tries to, and sometimes it, it doesn't quite land what it's trying to do, but so many times it does. Like even how it tries to uh, sort of explain the issues of sexism to, to, to I guess, a younger audience playing this game. Um, there's this scene where Ichi wants to, wants to go on a date with with this friend of the group that Ichi is part of and so you have these two friends trying to give Ichi advice like oh you you know for a woman you're supposed to dress up nicely you're supposed to take her out to a nice restaurant and when the date goes very badly they explain to Ichi look this is what went wrong because you said some things that are pretty sexist and so you should go there and apologize to her because what you said wasn't okay and so I appreciated how the game tries to frame in very simple terms but again imagine that a teenager is playing this game and tries to explain look guy this is what you did wrong and now you gotta go there and apologize and there are so many moments like this where the game sort of i, I don't want to say tries to break through a fourth wall but you can see the developers sort of trying to say look these are things messages ideas that we want to communicate to you using this crazy framing of a ridiculous game where this guy you know, imagines that he's a hero and he fights evil characters in the streets um that is is I think my favorite part of the game and the reason why I, I want to go back to the story because it pulls you in and once you accept it's um it try it's a ridiculous game that tries to do good I think and that is to me the the nicest part about it and then of course it's also very pretty to look at on PC and also very yep. fun to play yep uh and I will say it's very funny like these are all true things that you're saying but you have t spoken about maybe 10% of the big themes in this game because it's get big and weird and changes in ways that you've not even gotten close to yet, which nice. I love. But those nice. are those go through the game, but there's way more that gets brought into this, so it's fantastic. Jade, what have you been playing? Well, I have some news. 
Okay. I've finally got my uh, amazing PC. Hey. Yeah, you remember I had an RTX forty eighty sitting around. Yep. Wow. Well, I needed a machine to put it in, and now I have that machine, and it's got loads of LEDs, and it's got a transparent case, and it looks just frankly ridiculous, like the sort of thing a sixteen-year-old me would have absolutely loved. But it seems like a lot of PCs nowadays look like this. And you know what? It's fine. And it is blazingly fast. 20 core i7, loads of memory, loads of SSD space. So you know, of course, what I'm going to do. Because I'm going to pair this up with my 57-inch Samsung and try a bunch of stuff. And that's what I've been doing. So it's basically, what can I play that's going to make the screen look amazing? That's going to require the full power of this pc and you can both take one guess at the first game i tried cyberpunk of course yeah of course. i mean it's, it's like the, it's still the benchmark i feel like. right it's, it's the new crisis you know it you is to, yeah yeah absolutely and i think they know that because they have such an yeah. extensive benchmark feature inside of the game itself right yeah <laughs> absolutely and uh i was not disappointed it was beautiful it was atmospheric. It was enthralling in a way that playing it on a much narrower, smaller screen never was. And of course, I say narrower, smaller screen. We're not talking about tiny screens, but just having that huge field of view and that curved radius. And it's quite an extreme curve. You know, you really do feel surrounded by the environment. So it felt fantastic. I didn't play it for too long, but I played it enough to think, oh, finally, I have a machine that will let this game truly sing. And that's all I wanted. I wanted something where I wasn't thinking about the performance, where I wasn't wondering what it would be like if I was able to turn up some of the settings, because all of the default settings were pretty high. And then when I altered some of the others and made them higher still, it didn't slow down. It still felt smooth. It looked great, sounded great, felt great, had me totally hooked. So I had a look at that. But then I also saw mention of uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron being on sale for something like, I don't know, pound fifty-seven or some weird price like that. I can't remember the exact price. And I was just about to get it on Steam. It's not a new game, but I thought this will make my screen look good. And then it mentioned on the Steam page that it's also available via EA Play. And of course, I've got Game Pass Ultimate. So I thought, okay, let's I see if I can do this. Yeah, I always weird. forget about EA Play. Yeah. And you've got that, right? So I had to download a separate app. So now I've got, I've got Steam, I've got Epic, I've got the Xbox app, and now I've got the EA app as well. <laughs> and all these, it's the same situation that we have with all the various TV and movie streaming services. We got the same with games now. And earlier, of course, you're talking about the Ubi version of much the same thing. Anyway, I after all that logging in and getting all my different account details together and installing it. I played it for about half an hour, and I have to say I was disappointed for two reasons. First of all, obviously, the cockpit's circular, so you're not going to get the the full width of your display. I mean, you might as well just have a square display, right? Because hmm. the circle's going to clip, and, and that's that. that. That's not the game's fault. But I just thought some of the dialogue was just so bad. I was surprised that Disney or whoever within Disney looks after the Star Wars franchise would think that was okay. 
really just really bad dialogue and it kind of took away from the atmosphere you feel like you're not really in the star wars universe and the gameplay itself was not that great so i understand why it's had mixed reviews it's a shame i really wanted to like it because it seemed like my sort of game in a quick paced space shooter but it took a long time to get into it and then once i was into it i didn't feel compelled to carry on playing what version was this did they remake this uh i don't know this is released quite recently i mean within the last four or five years okay it's just because it was on sale right and i'm still looking for a a star wars game that i really like you see i can only currently find star wars rogue squadron released in 1998 no it's not that one it's not that one it's it's not not that that one one. is it rogue squadron rogue squadron that's the one yeah, no, that's what I'm, I'm asking is it, if it's Rogue. Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. I'm going to keep looking around because I'm struggling to find a, a, a new it's game. It's possible I've completely misremembered it. Um, it. All I know is it was one pound something in the Steam sale. Uh, or was it? I'm pretty sure it was Rogue Squadron. It was quite recent. Okay. I'll find it. What was it Rogue Squadron? Oh, Star the Wars for- Squadrons. I think is that, that what is what we're talking about here. It's £1.74. It That's is a recent game. Yeah, this, this is looks one. like it. Yeah. Uh, Rogue Squadron is a, is a series that they had, which is yeah. old. Uh, and yeah, I just I was like, surely he's not talking about my the apologies. Surely Shade is not, he's not playing <laughs> no, a Nintendo 64 See, game. <laughs> here's, here's the problem with, with getting old, is that... Vast tracts of time get compressed into a very small space. I'm not happy about the graphics on this N64 game. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you feels can imagine really that. limited. It, yeah, it does a little bit, a little bit. I mean, it, surely they could have got a bit more texture onto some of those polygons, you know. But but no. So uh, I did play another Star Wars game. Was it a uh, Fallen Order, the one that's available on Game Pass? Yeah. EA Play. Uh, I played that. I didn't play it on the PC. I played it on uh, the Xbox. And um, that I've been enjoying. That's been fun. That feels like a, a well, good, so fun again, action Star Wars game. Ball and Order was the 2019 one. And then there was another one that just came out recently. Like last year or something. Yeah. Uh, they, so it's the French... The first one or the second wasn't, one? Wasn't it like franchise. a Jedi Survivor or something? Yeah. Oh, God knows it. You know, there's been so many takes Fallen on the Order franchise now. Was, was the first one, and then Jedi uh, Survivor is the one that just came out. No, I'm I don't ex- think it's Jedi Survivor. Okay, I'm, I'm sure. expecting you're probably playing the first one in the series, which I played probably. a bit of, and I, I didn't vibe with it. It's tough. Uh, it's like a hard game, like it's part of it. I think there's like some, it's kind of like some Souls-like influences to it, and... Mm. It wasn't really my bag, to be honest. But so uh, Jedi Survivor. Do you know if that's an EA play? Because if it is, I'll I mean, it's, get they're both that. EA games, so yeah, they, they both would be in there. They they don't put everything into EA Play the normal level, though, do they? They've got this premium tier, which I think costs extra, and you don't get it as part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. I think there's two we're we're into franchise land right now i have no idea i know this is, I, I have no idea right I'm, I, everything is all confusing yeah but shall we go really really far back in time now because <laughs> i see i made a deal with my son i said listen if you can read for half an hour a day a proper book some fiction 
before you touch a screen. And if you can do it for 10 days straight, I'll get you any game you want. Okay. And he says, he says, Paper Mario Color Splash. Now, I'm thinking this is a Switch game, but I can't remember it for the life of me. I keep thinking that I've gotten pretty much every Nintendo game on the Switch. So I, I'm pretty sure this is a Switch game, but I, I'm not 100% sure. And then after some investigation, turns out this is a Wii U game. Where did he find this? He, he this saw is it on fascinating YouTube. to me. That is fascinating to me. He saw it on YouTube, and my guess is, because, as you're probably more aware of than I am, that there's another Paper Mario game due in the franchise. We'll yeah. talk about it later on in the episode. So, so my guess is that he must have been seeing videos around that yes. that talked about the franchise's history. And he saw this game, assuming it was on the Switch, asked me to get it. Wow. And of course, it was, it's not. It's on the Wii U. So I've played this game, and, for, and this game was gone from my memory. This is fa- this is a fun game. I had a great time with this, but I'd completely forgotten about it, its existence. It took me two weeks because <laughs> because I had to find a copy of the game first of all. The first person I tried to buy from on Amazon said next day delivery, and then of course it was days late. And then they said, "Sorry, uh, the copy that we were going to send you or about to send you turned out to be secondhand, and we're sourcing a new one now. And can you wait?" And I said, "No." So I just went on to eBay, found a second-hand one, and that was coming from God knows where, and it took two weeks to get here. But in the meantime, of course, I didn't have a Wii U, and uh, Federico will remember that I tried to prod him into helping me source yeah. a version to play on emulators. Now, this is apparently really difficult to find, and that I don't understand. I found loads of other Wii U games, and I found a pretty good... Wii U emulator for the PC, and we got the emulator working. It's CMU, C-E-M-U, and that seems to be pretty decent, but could not find the game for the life of me. And of course, I was going to get a legit copy of the game anyway, but yeah, so so that didn't work out. So I had to find a Wii U and eventually got one on Facebook Marketplace. And it was a bit dodgy because the guy who sold it to me said, can you meet me in this car park in London? <laughs> oh, God. The Paper Mario Switch. Oh, no. That is incredible. But I was desperate. So I said, yeah, okay. So met him in the car park. Turns out he's a really, really lovely young guy. Uh, he's a professional. He's going to be leaving the country and he was selling off all his stuff. The Wii U was in this Sainsbury's bag. It was the weirdest switcheroo because I went to the cash point in the Waitrose, got the money out, got his bag off him. Must have looked like the dodgiest deal on the CCTV you made a, you made that you could imagine. You made yeah. a new friend. Yeah, yeah. But it was in perfect nick. Had everything. Even had the, um, what's the bar that goes across the top so you can play Wiimote games? Oh, oh the had, sensor bar? Sensor bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the gamepad was in perfect nick. No scratches on the screen. Both charges intact. And I paid, I didn't have any change. He only wanted 50 quid for it. I gave him 60. Um, probably because I was really relieved they didn't turn out to be someone dodgier than I thought mm. he might be. And uh, brought that home. Eventually the game arrived. Uh, and he finally got to play it yesterday for the first time. And he's absolutely delighted. Sadly, I haven't got to play it, but it did look nice. It didn't look that much worse than a Switch game. So you guys have always said to me that the Switch is like, you know, not the biggest upgrade of all time over the Wii U. The Wii U has some good games on it. 
And I remember you telling me about all the games that had come to the Switch from from the Wii U with some yeah. upgrades and so on. And I can see that it was a neglected platform, sadly. I, I don't know why I didn't buy it. It must be about the only console I didn't buy. Because it was just a sad... It was just a sad console. I, I, I bought it. I don't remember what game it was that drew me to it, but I did get a Wii U, and it was just a sad... It was just bad. But, like, I mean, it's kind of... Really, most of the good games have been brought to Switch, mm. realistically. Um, I'm not sure. I guess they didn't do... haven't done any other paper... They didn't do this because they haven't done any other, other Paper Mario, but... There's two games I think that they never did. They did they ever bring Captain Toad uh, to the Switch? There or... was a puzzle. There was a puzzle version of Captain Toad. You know, kind of pseudo isometric. Yep. Captain 3D. Toad Treasure Tracker for yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, so they Switch. brought that. Yeah, uh, they, they that. so they never brought. So they never brought hmm, uh, Wind Waker HD. Yeah, and I'm yeah. <laughs> well, hmm. and wasn't there also like a Twilight Princess HD on the Wii U at some point? I think there was. Um, but yeah, so they never brought. But there's only like I think less than five or even less than three Nintendo games for the Wii U that never came to the Switch. Yeah. So the other game, apparently, that didn't come across. I could be wrong about this. So feel free to correct me. I'm sure you will. Was Nintendo Land, and a lot of people said that was worth getting. That was a bit wacky and yeah, uh, it was it. out there. Yeah. It was anyway, so it does leave that as well. a mark on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just like any of their like party games, right? WarioWare type. They're thing, always yeah? good, or just like mm. um Mario Party or whatever. It's you know, it's it's in that ilk, I feel like. But yeah. Nintendo Land had some fun stuff that was specifically good for using the Wii U. Right. The, the Wii U's features. But then kind of like the 3DS really. It was like no, no other games used the features that were specifically yeah. good for the Wii U. So you just had this huge controller with a screen on it. Yeah. But there wasn't anything going on with that second screen for the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole two-screen thing never really worked on anything, did it? No. There are, I mean, there are rumors of a two-screen thing for the Nintendo Switch, but I really hope that they're just rumors. And I will just say, we are recording this like... As the day we're recording this, there is no <laughs> Nintendo Direct, but like any day now, there could be a Nintendo Direct, and that Nintendo Direct could be the Nintendo Switch 2 Nintendo Direct. Nobody knows. Do you want me to check Nintendo of America on Twitter just real quick? I mean, I sure checked that... before we started recording today. Okay. But I feel like maybe we should be checking it constantly throughout the state of recording today, because who knows uh, when they could possibly be. Still no Direct. So okay. We're good. <laughs> well, okay. Well, look, as long as they don't call it the Nintendo Switch U, I'm gonna get it. Oh my! <sighs> if they don't, if they don't call it, if they don't call it the Super Nintendo Switch, I know they won't. Though <laughs> I want them to call it that, but all I hope genuinely is they go with Switch Two. Yeah, like that's the baseline here. Because they then, should go with more, Switch Two. If they call it the Nintendo Switch Two, we know they're making the right decisions. Yeah. If they do some, <laughs> if they do some, some new silly gimmick, like it's called the Switchy or something like that. Like, oh no, Nintendo, what are you doing again? Uh, because, because they do have a tendency to do these they things. Do. Like they, they, they have they a zag success, when they should zig. Yeah, they have a successful console, and they're like, well, and then they what? sabotage themselves. Let's make a weird decision now. It's but we are not enough. talking about this today. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to bring this into the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So the last game I played was Karting Superstars. It's by the same people who made uh, Circuit Superstars. You remember that game we yeah. I think, yeah. 
uh, we we all loved. I loved it. And Karting Superstyle seems to be a bit more uh, third person from behind. Oh, cool. Whereas Circuit Superstars is, of course, much more overhead. I'm going to try this and, out because like, I liked Circuit Superstars, but that style of like the top down doesn't really last with me. Mm. I didn't even know Karting Superstars existed. I'm going to give this one a go because I really liked what was going on with that game. But just like that style of racing game is less interesting to me than than the like following the individual driver style. Mm. And Mike, I did play uh, the Spider-Man sequel okay. as promised, and you were absolutely right. And Have I you think played I prom- it yet, Federico? No, not yet. But that intro show, are you oh my God. kidding me? You were so me? right. You were so right. It was. It just blew me away. So impressive. I mean, technically, of course, it was going to be impressive, but it was just the way that it felt so smooth, so, so hard to tell what you were doing and what the game was doing. Yep. I felt so involved. But yeah, in a wonderful. way that like these things are happening, but it's not like sometimes where you feel like I've lost control of the character. Exactly. Like it, it all still feels like you're in control yeah. of the character. Even yeah, you're that not, was it. But it doesn't matter because it's also seamless and they're just like blowing your mind. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Well, Mike was right. Thank you very much. This episode is brought to you by Hello. Have you ever tried a buckwheat pillow? They're very different to the fluffy soft pillows that most of us are used to, but in my opinion, better in every single possible way. Hollow pillows support your head and neck exactly how you want, unlike traditional squishy soft pillows which collapse under the weight of your head. Soft pillows, they allow, they make your neck fall into a downward bend. It adds uncomfortable pressure to muscles, nerves, and discs. But Hello gives you the support you're looking for. They also stay cool and dry. Other pillows may absorb and retain your body heat and moisture, making your pillow feel warm and humid and gross. Buckwheat pillows breathe better, so there's no more flipping to the cool side of the pillow. If you use two pillows or you're folding your pillow in an attempt for proper support, that is a sign that your pillow isn't firm or thick enough for you. Hollow pillows will support your head and neck exactly where you want them to. You can even add or remove the filling from the zippered opening so you can adjust the pillow's thickness to your liking. People have been sleeping on buckwheat pillows for centuries. They're popular in Japan. You will even see them on a pillow menu if you go to a fancy enough hotel. Buckwheat is a more natural way to sleep. It's better than a sack of plucked bird feathers or petroleum-based foam. And Hollow is made in the USA with quality construction and materials. Their certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability. The buckwheat is grown and milled in the US. People love this pillow, which you'll see in their customer reviews, and take it from me. I have been sleeping on a Hollow pillow for years and years and years. We just got back from a trip, and I was so happy to return home because I was having an uncomfortable night's sleep on the pillows in the hotel. My my buckwheat hollow pillow is exactly what I love. It gives me all the support I need. It's super comfortable. I love it. Remaster listeners can sleep on a hollow pillow for 60 nights. And if it isn't right for you, just ship it back and they'll give you a full refund. Go to hollowpillow.com slash remaster. And if you try more than one pillow, you can get a discount of up to $20 depending on the size. Get fast, free shipping on every order. 1% of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Why not give the gift a better sleep? Hollow is a unique gift for your family and friends that they will appreciate every single night. That is H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W.com slash remaster. Hollowpillow.com slash remaster to try it out for yourself for 60 days. A thanks to Hollow for their support of this show and Relay FM. So let's now look forward 
to the rest of 2024. Federico, what are you excited about in gaming this year? Um, bunch of things. So obviously a new Nintendo Switch. I mean, yep. that is the uh, highest um, <laughs> spot on my list. We're assuming, I guess, we will at least know. I expect it will come out this year, but I don't believe we'll get through this year without at least knowing what the details oh, yeah. of the Switch are. Yeah, so th- there's tons of rumors floating around that this console is going to have a bigger 8-inch screen, that it's going to be backwards compatible with the Switch, that it'll have some built-in upscaling using NVIDIA DLSS upscaling technology to 4K. There's all kinds of things floating around. The thing I know is that I really hope that Nintendo doesn't do a weird thing, like just a, give me a better Switch. The whole reason why I stopped playing on, on an actual Nintendo Nintendo Switch, and I'm now playing Nintendo Switch games on an emulator on PC, is that I want to have a better performance and better graphics from Nintendo Switch games. Ideally, I want to go back to playing those games on proper Nintendo hardware. And so the reason why I'm really excited about a Switch 2 if the rumors are true, I want to play older Switch games that I never got to with better performance and upscaling built-in on an actual Nintendo console. So I am, and obviously I'm also looking forward to the games, right? Um, the, the 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 elephant, well, two elephants in the room, I guess. One of them being Metroid Prime 4 <laughs> that never actually materialized on, on, the, on the original Nintendo Switch. You have to believe it's going to be a Nintendo Switch 2 launch title. I think that that one is the one that might bridge. Or they may do the classic Nintendo trick of, well, it's launching on both consoles. Yeah. And on, on the new hardware, it's going to look and play even better. I think that, that if they do a game like that, which they tend to do, I think it'll be that one. Just because they have spoken about this coming to the Switch for many years now. Yeah. And so they kind of don't want to break that promise. Nintendo do tend to deliver on their promises, right? If they say yeah. a thing's going to happen, they tend to follow through on it yeah or they apologize the second elephant in the room i think is we are due at this point for a brand new 3d mario game and i think we are getting a 3d mario game i would be so incredibly excited if the 3d mario game we get has the same setting as the mario movie like i want to play in that 3D world of the Mario movie, just because huh. it looked so beautiful. And I mean, so- I, I'm honestly, I'm expecting Odyssey too. That that's what I think we'll get. I, they they built so much foundation mm. for this type of game in Odyssey. It would be very peculiar to me to get a one and done because it was also universally loved. So I, I would expect an Odyssey too and Mario Kart Nine. Mm. Yes, right. we're also due for a new Mario Kart. Uh, I'm also excited about a second uh, uh, generation uh, Asus ROG Ally. Um, so I really think that of all the sort of PC handhelds that are not a Steam Deck, there's a bunch of these, right? A&Eo makes a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other company, OnePlayer, they make a bunch. I really think that obviously uh, Lenovo has one and uh, MSI is going to have the MSI Claw <laughs> also. I really feel like the the ROG Ally is the best of the bunch, but I would love to get a second one with even better performance with like RDNA 3 graphics built in and an OLED display. Mm. I would really love to have that. But at the same time, I continue to believe that this may be the year where we finally see Microsoft have some news on a portable sort of 
on the portable front, because I really continue to believe that Microsoft is missing such a huge opportunity by leaving to this other leaving this 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 segment of the PC handheld as a PC console as a PC portable console to other manufacturers I would love to get a Microsoft take on it um mm. like a portable Xbox basically is what I'm asking for that is actually a PC um as for the games obviously besides Metroid and Mario I am like right now the one thing I cannot stop thinking about is Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth of course yeah I played and finished the demo uh it, it is incredible it's it's um I don't want to get too deep into the lore of Final Fantasy 7 right now I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point maybe we'll even convince Mike no we'll never convince Mike to play Final Fantasy 7 the pro- here's my problem so one of the things that I'm excited about this year is hearing people talk about their experience of playing Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Rebirth. Okay. Because so you I would quite Rebirth. like to play Rebirth. But to play Rebirth, I know I'm going to have to play Remake and I don't want to play two games. Nah, I'll just, I'll give you the rundown. Of I don't know, about. man. Like I've seen the trailer. I've seen like breakdowns. I've heard previews. And the way I hear people talk about this game it's only effective if you know the whole story. Like I, I know that. Uh, Who knows? Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe something will happen in my year, and I will play remake and then rebirth. But uh, what I'll say is, I'm closer than ever before to doing that. But, but I'm not sure I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. Sephiroth in rebirth, in- incredible. Like just, I got chills when I was playing rebirth and I was in an elevator with Cloud. I was playing as Cloud the main protagonist of Final Fantasy VII, and I was stuck in an elevator, just me, Cloud, and Sephiroth, with Sephiroth sort of standing above you and looking you straight in the eye. I got chills. Like, it's like, this guy is going to kill me here, right now, in this elevator, and nobody's ever going to know. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I am very, very excited about Rebirth. And lastly, I will mention, I want to see if we get any news of any kind from Game Freak about Pokemon. Like, what's... Pokemon Day is coming. Exactly. So, we'll see about that later this summer, I guess. Um, I don't think we're going to get a brand new Pokemon game, like a mainline Pokemon game this year. I think they want to give it another year uh, after the DLCs, but maybe an announcement, maybe just anything. And if that happens, you got to believe it's going to be a Switch 2 game. And hopefully... With better graphics and better oh, performance, that that's no point. Why are you even like? What is you know what I mean? Why are you doing this to yourself? I you know, know, I know, I can't imagine it happening. Like genuinely, I will be disappointed. I will be disappointed. I know but, it needs hey. to happen, but I don't think it will because also it's like how, you know who can argue with the sales? It's like that's I know, I know, I know. I know. It's going to be a better set. Like, uh, what were they called? I'm going to say Ruby and Sapphire. That's not correct. Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> They're going, I know. They're going to outsell Sword and Shield. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> Game it's Freak like, must be thinking, actually, if we, game the, if we make the games uglier, they sell So frustrating them. because it's such a good game. I, I, oh, by the way, I played one half of the DLC, but then fell off the second half mm-hmm. of the DLC, which I've heard has a better story, but really I wanted to catch all the starters and it's like, so, you can do it, but it's so hard to do that it kind of annoyed me and then I went and played Like a Dragon. Like I'd completely forgotten about the fact that I played the Pokemon DLC. Yeah. But like the main game is really good story-wise and like the ideas in the game are good, but the game is so hard to play. It, it's hard for me to love. It's like, let me love you, Pokemon, is kind of how I feel right now. 
for the first time in I've been playing Pokemon for like 25 years and for the first time in Scarlet when I was playing the main story mm. I I cried in one of the scenes with the yep. guy that has the yep. sick dog yep I cried and it's that good. never happened in a Pokemon story just it was a, the story is like meaty and deep and there's like stuff yep. going on which is usually it's always so surface level or like weird right like it's always either surface level or I'm gonna destroy the universe it's like we yeah. don't always need to go to one or the other. like there's like good nuance in the story but the game is just so hard to look at yeah the, the rest of the game looks like dirt basically yes. so <laughs> and so like I, but I just don't have faith in, in them to I know, I know there's no incentive really except now for Power World but like that's like a whole other story but I don't think that's enough time I, I reckon we're probably going to get an announcement of a uh, Legends game yeah probably like a sp- another spin off yeah. and Legends did well enough that I think it's going to get a sequel yeah Shahid what are you excited about this year well you n- know that I'm vicariously excited for my son when it comes to the launch of, well, the prospective launch of the latest series, latest in the series of Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. Can't wait for it. But Remember, that's one of I my don't know if it's, Do you know if it's coming out this year? I mean, I, I yeah. think it's going to be quite late. No. Is no? it going to be March or April or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's soon. Mm. I can't wait because he totally and utterly caned uh, the last one absolutely caned it and now he's into obviously the the um color splash so looking forward to that just to see how excited he's going to be about it and for him to show us all the cool bits but i've also pre-ordered and i'm very excited about personally mario versus donkey kong oh nice yeah just just before we started recording i let him know that that's on its way and he thought I was the coolest dad of all time. So I'm very, very happy about that. He didn't know that I actually got it because I wanted to play it, but he really wants to play it. And obviously he's seen everything there is to see from commentators on YouTube, what have you, about it. So he's excited too. Um, also, to round up my Nintendo features, there's the first ever, I believe it's the first ever Princess Peach game. Uh, where yeah. Princess Peach is going to be the, the featured character. Mm-hmm. Right, so... Uh, there used to be a DS game. Any, oh, am I making this up? Nintendo DS Peach game. There, there, but yeah, it's like the first sort of like main console Peach game. Super Princess Peach. Yep, there you go. Oh, See? wow. Super There's Princess some trivia Peach. for you. Yeah, yeah, that's good trivia. That's good trivia. Yeah, well done. Uh, so, you, so those you. are. Pro- I mean, Mario vs. Donkey Kong. I'll play. The others are kind of vicarious, but the games I'm looking forward to myself. Uh, Tekken Eight. I know it's already out, but I haven't played it yet, and I'm looking forward to it. I know I've mentioned it before, but the big one for me is Hades Two. That I can't wait for. Yeah. Yeah, Hades Two is on my list as well. Like, I'm I'm intrigued. I don't think I'm going to play this game until it's released, though. I don't I don't know if I'm going to spend a lot of time because what will come first is the um early access right like that that's what's coming first of the game right i might I'll, i will see what the vibe is and i might dip in but i i plan to not spend a ton of time with it until the final game is out would be my expectation but we'll see how the process goes i'm also i'm also excited for princess peach showtime uh, it is like a straight, like you can feel that the switch is coming to an end, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like 
the games are like they feel like a lot like I heard someone describe it as like the four horsemen because it's like a Paper Mario game Mario and Donkey Kong and <laughs> uh, like with the and I think the most exciting <laughs> of them is the Princess Peach game which is like the genuinely new game but it, we don't mm. know really that much about the game so it seems kind of strange because it's coming somewhat soon and I don't really feel like we have a lot of information about it yet which could change literally any day now but like these are the kinds of things that are going on that I'm excited about but I want to add two more to the list Indiana Jones and the Great Circle yeah that looked great that looks like a very fun and interesting game I was nervous about what like a whip focused Indiana Jones game could be but I feel like the, the video that Microsoft should look really good and Star Wars Outlaws which is Ubisoft's open world Star Wars game. I don't know if I'm going to be interested in that, but the the trailer fo- the footage that they showed off a few months ago looked really interesting and so I feel like that could be a game that that I'm digging. What the one thing that I will feel like unless something changes major in the next couple of months while there looks like there are a lot of good games, I it's not 2023. No. Well, that we know so far. That's what I'm saying. But like <laughs> something that I think we're missing, like for, for us, for sure, there is no big Sony game, like first party game. Mm-hmm. Like they have Final Fantasy. That's probably going to be Sony's biggest exclusive this year. Again, at least for what we know. But the Insomniac leaks suggested that Wolverine is 2025. And I was hoping yep. Wolverine was going to be this year. And yeah. like they haven't, announced anything else so well but hey at least good news you're gonna get some xbox game on uh, games on ps5 <laughs> well again we are recording before microsoft <laughs> has this whole big thing where they're gonna talk about what they're doing where at the moment it, the rumors are all suggesting that like every xbox game ever made is gonna be on playstation <laughs> you know like when you were saying earlier about the the microsoft handheld what I want them to do is work out something with Steam and bring Game Pass games natively to the Steam Deck. Mm. That's what I want. And like yeah. to me, that just feels like the way to solve this. Like I don't think Microsoft should make their own hardware. I think that they should have a solution for, for other companies. So you just get, get Game Pass. Maybe by the end of 2024, we'll be here having a conversation about how the best Microsoft consoles are actually a Steam Deck and a PS5. I don't... <laughs> All right, I'm going to put a prediction out on the line here, which is ridiculous because I don't even know if this episode will be out before the Microsoft thing, but I'll just say it now. They will. Game Pass is not going to come to PlayStation. They will sell those games at full price because Sony, I can't imagine, will want Game Pass on PlayStation. I think you're right. But like, so you'll be able to get Xbox games, but like, you'll pay seventy dollars for them. But I think that that is a perfect way to do it. Like, yeah, but some of them. On another console, and you pay full price. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That's what, but I think if they can make it work, like Game Pass and Steam Deck would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it's but then again, they're dealing with a similar problem. Does does Steam want that? But I feel like Valve should be into that. But we'll mm-hmm. see. Hey, just before we wrap up, mm-hmm. I just opened Twitter.com/slash Nintendo America. Still no direct. No, oh, you're gonna get that. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> 